0: Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org thrive. Support for this show comes from 1440 Multiversity, a state-of-the-art learning destination in the California Redwoods near Santa Cruz. 1440 Multiversity offers weekend and five-day programs in mindfulness, leadership, well-being, and more. Learn more at 1440.org. From
1: Spirituality and Health Magazine, this is Essential Conversations. Our guest today is Sister Joan Chittister. Sister Joan is a sister of the Order of St. Benedict. She spent 12 years as prioress of Benedictine Sisters of Erie, is past president of Leadership Conference of Women Religious, and is currently co-chair of the Global Peace Initiative of Women. She's also the author of over 50 books. You have 15 books on me, Joan. (laughs)
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> oh, I, you, I don't know you, about
1: that one. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm only in the 30s. You're in the <laughs> 50s. Your newest book, her newest book is Radical Spirit, 12 Ways to Live a Free and Authentic Life. An excerpt from the book appears in the May-June issue of Spirituality in Health Magazine. Sister Joan, welcome to Essential Conversations.
2: Oh, Rabbi, how nice to be with you again.
1: Yeah, yeah, we have talked before and it's yes. always been a delight. So I want to jump right in to the new book, Radical Spirit. It's yeah. rooted in Benedictine spirituality and the rules of St. Benedict. St. Benedict was a sixth century uh, saint. So, yeah. you know, all of a sudden, St. Benedict is hot. Right? Well, I mean, uh, <clears throat> what's going on there?
2: Well, it, that's a great question, and few people would ask it. Uh, the fact of the matter is that Benedictinism... Uh, has a way of lasting doesn't it it's been with us for 1500 years think of that e- even in the most elementary historical terms this particular way of life forged in a in a society in chaos not at all unlike our own believe it or not has survived uh, the the fall of the Roman Empire, the rise of feudalism, the development of national states, the industrial revolution, several world wars, the breakdown of the monarchy, the rise of democracy, and now. Is, is showing again in a, in a new and fresh way as an alternative lifestyle to a world in collapse in multiple arenas, just as it was when this young Italian man went to school in Rome in the 6th in the century and said to himself, there is absolutely nothing of human value here. And it can't be saved and it can't be changed. It can only be redone. It's a a stunning, a, a stunning historical icon of what it means to face reality and know that reality as it exists is not life. It may be reality. But it's neither a healthy mental life, a good spiritual life, a sound social life, or a fully developed human life. Let me give you just a few minutes, uh, Rabbi, to, to set the scene. It's sixth century Rome. This young man leaves uh, an Italian village, oh, a couple hours out of Rome, obviously from a family who was uh, very literate, uh, very articulate, uh, certainly like all parents that you and I know today, wanting their children to fit in to the empire. To, to develop in the empire, to achieve in the empire. But what was the state that the empire was in? Rome at this time uh, was, was running dry. It was in a terrible state economically. Why? Because the Roman legions and the great colonial system that they held together was beginning to collapse internally. They had, they'd squeezed everything out of the colonies that they could get. There were no more taxes that they could manage. They, their empire was so far flung um, uh, it, it, uh, militaristically. They had troops everywhere. They had ambassadors everywhere. They had regions and tetrarchs and governors Everywhere. And there were no more taxes, even in the colonies, to support them. In addition to their own internal economic collapse, they were facing, we've always used the word barbarians. The barbarians were on the borders. No, no. These were the immigrants of their day. And they wanted into the empire, they wanted into Rome, these German Gothic and uh, tribes from the north, to destroy Rome? No, not at all. Just simply to enjoy the kind of lifestyle that they saw the average, especially the male free Roman, able to enjoy. Now, Rome, in other words, was deteriorating from the inside. And what were they doing about it? Absolutely nothing. It was a bread and circuses society. The wealthy, the elite, they just went on because there was no tomorrow for them. They didn't have to worry. Uh, they had built up their gold and their silver and their villas and, uh, and their slaves and their uh, servants. They were living the good life. Down in the streets, there were no jobs. There was no money. The, the uh, there there was no place to live. Uh, they had come in from the provinces to live in the great Roman center, and there was no way for them to live. They couldn't grow their own food anymore. They couldn't find a job. If any of this sounds familiar,
0: right? Maybe, so that's what I, maybe,
2: <laughs> maybe it's an answer.
1: Right. To so to let your me question. jump in here. Yeah, let me jump in here for a sure. second because if anyone lost track of what you were saying and picked it up just a few seconds in, they wouldn't have realized you were talking about ancient Rome. <laughs> they That's would have right. thought you were talking about the you United States, right? So That's exactly how, right. Well, well, how exact is it? I mean, do you really think that we are in a state, the United States is in a state of internal collapse?
2: Yes. And the young man who sees the center of it knows that you nothing really good can come out of this. You might be able to survive it, but you couldn't be a full human being. So he left Rome. He stopped. Uh, he quit his education and he went looking uh, for other answers. And what he discovers is that the, the answer to life is the fullness of life as it is embedded in the spiritual pursuit for things beyond taxes and slaveries and profits and uh, and the great uh, sexual social extreme, and so what he sets is what he what he sets out to do is not to reform the empire as it then existed, but to create a whole new world in the center of it. Just an, a new world inside the old world so that people could have a choice. Do you want to live this way and, um, and deteriorate yourself from the inside out? Or do you want to live this way and appreciate life, learn how to have enough of it, and grow internally as well as externally so that you really know what happiness and family, and community, and goodness is.
1: But in his time, if I'm not mistaken, I mean, he creates this this monastery or, or what becomes a monastic system. So most people don't opt for the deeper life. Most people say, no, I'm gonna ride the collapse because they don't see it necessarily as a collapse. Do you think people realized uh, the, the ancient world is, was on the verge of collapse? Do you think people today Realizes you're suggesting that the U.S. is on the verge of collapse.
2: Oh, well, I think you're right, Rabbi. Except that they did realize this: something was wrong. Even even the wealthy knew that it had run out. The power had run out. They'd gone as far as they could go. The money had run out. The colonies weren't paying taxes anymore. The social system was declining. Uh, the 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 poor were rising up. Uh, they weren't so much afraid anymore. They, were, they, they, they didn't feel enchained to the system anymore. The system was failing them. And they had no guiding governance that was about anything but power and money. And right. so nothing good was happening for the people. And they said, enough of this. Enough of this. Now, they went through a couple emperors, remember that, trying to save the old and it didn't work. So the place the place collapsed and it begun, begins to develop outside the center of the empire. And in many ways, in these small monastic groups, because to these groups, he gave a whole new way of life. He said, the, the values and the goals that you see over there, do you see where they brought us? Do you see, you see what we've gotten because of them? Our kids have nothing. We have nothing. Uh, uh, the society around us is is um, not not uh, not not only not fully human, almost inhuman. They're they're doing as much to hurt themselves as they are anybody else. And the government there's no there is absolutely no respect for the government anymore. There is there is no leadership. There is no one saying this is the way to live except this young man and these small groups who are saying we have a lifestyle that can bring a, a human being to fullness, not just physically, not just socially, but spiritually as well. The spiritual lifestyle will give a foundation to our daily life and out of that foundation. We can learn to be a community again. We can learn to help one another. We can understand equality and we can go on as human, human beings.
1: So, you know, let me ask you this question because you sound, I was really expecting a more abstract conversation. And what I'm oh. getting is so much more interesting than what I anticipated. So I thank you for that. But you you sound uh, to my mind, anyway, a lot like Rod Dreher, if I'm saying his, his name right, D-R-E-H-E-R, who yeah. just came out with the Benedict Option, a strategy for Christians in a post-Christian yes. nation. Yes. And he's calling for a retreat, you know, in that in that spiritual sense. I mean, withdraw from the, the collapsing world, recreate some kind of non-monastic monastery. Uh, he's a I think he's a uh, he's an Orthodox Christian. I think it's Russian, but I can't swear to that. Yeah,
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and are, are you calling for the same thing? Is it time for those no. who are looking for this? I didn't. Well, I didn't yes, think so y-
2: yes and no. Okay, I mean I've I, I've read a I I've read. I haven't had the opportunity to uh, finish all the drear work, and so I don't want to sound as if I'm a critic uh, of that. I'm not. Uh, uh, but I, I I believe that that he and I. We'd need to complete a conversation together. So let's put it this way. Withdrawal is not what Benedictinism is about.
0: Discover a new relationship and approach to life through the space between. Join Spiritual Teacher Brittany Mondito for a moment of silence a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York. Everything we're searching for lies behind what we're running from, Brittany says. Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. Uh,
2: rejection of the purely Secular and selfish, yeah, that's what Benedictinism is about. Creation of the totally human, human community, that's what Benedictinism is about. But most of all, what Benedictinism is about is living itself in a way that is good for the people around you. That's why I hesitate to use the word withdrawal. Do you withdraw From a set of values that are destructive of humanity? Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Profit is not the reason. For your existence in the Benedictine community. Uh, Self centeredness and narcissism is not the reason for your existence. On the contrary, you're there, you you are there uh, to treat the whole world as equals. One of the first things Benedict does in his rule and his small monastic communities is outlaw slavery. He even outlaws elitism. To this day, 1,500 years later, I entered the community at the age of 16. Yes, 16. And i uh, the people who entered after I did, in their late teens or early 20s, I was older in the spiritual life than they were. In other words, We ranked ourselves not by our age or our money or our parents' wealth or our social status. We were put in rank according to the amount of time that we had spent giving our lives to this new way of life. So what you have in Benedictinism, and remember, Benedictines are the very first people to... uh, rebuild agriculture in uh, a broken-down Rome. Uh, We begin the first alms services by charging toll uh, rates through monastic lands so that we could feed the poor. We are the people who copied all the books during the Dark Ages so that learning would not be lost. We opened The first infirmaries, we built the first, um, what do you call them, Um, um, guest houses. I always say Benedictines opened the first hospitality inns, for heaven's sakes. Uh, We began that business. Uh, we opened the first schools. We became the first doctors. We uh, we were the center of the arts for centuries in Europe, when no governments could provide those services. The Benedictine communities were. You can't call that withdrawal Withdraw, from right. the ways of the world.
1: So, so let me let me just you've laid this out so beautifully. In Radical Spirit, 12 Ways to Live a Free and Authentic Life, it seemed to me when I read the book that at the heart of it, you you just mentioned a a while ago narcissism and and the self-censored core of of the way our current culture works. But you're calling, if I got this right, you're calling for us to revive uh, or renew humility. Yes. is right each of the 12 steps really is or the 12 uh, ways to live a free and authentic life deal with humility in one way or another in the couple of minutes we have left can you talk to us about okay here's something you could do without going to a monastery without having to leave oh. you know, your town what what if there's one thing that we can get we can do besides buy and read radical spirit uh, to okay. cultivate this humility what can we do
0: yeah
2: I can tell you Uh, I and my community have begun uh, a a brand new form of uh, Benedictine valuation, and we call it Monasteries of the Heart. That's all one word, monasteriesoftheheart.com. We have over 17,000 people around the world who use this website as a way to begin living Benedictine values and the Benedictine commitment to human community as lay people in their own homes. Our attempt is to teach this rule, to help people live this rule. Many people come online in the morning to pray morning prayer with the sisters, go online at night to pray evening prayer at the end of the day, uh, commit themselves to uh, a good work, spend time online in the contemplation periods that we create for them. We have e-courses and uh, uh, group discussions and private retreats, all designed to help people in our time embody these 12 values of humility to come to understand who God is, to find a spiritual mentor here in the in this monastery uh, online or to create small groups. We have we have a number of uh, small groups, create mo- small monasteries created online, other monasteries that have created uh uh, on-site groups, the hermit population that comes for their own fulfillment. That's a really new step, uh, Rabbi, to the uh, inculcation of this whole spirit of living, coming to know God, coming uh, seeking spiritual guidance, coming to understand yourself, which are at least four of the uh, uh, steps of humility, and then coming out after, after we in, uh, in, inculcate all of those values, now living them out with our families and our neighbors and our country and this globe. This is a, this is a very large arc. It starts in the human heart. It, it does withdraw itself, as Rare says, from from the values that we have been raised in, get ahead, get money, get power, get get self sufficiency, uh, move out into the gated community, escape the common people, let them all let them all find their way. Bec- uh, if they work as hard as I do, they can get it too. You drop all that, and you say, I'm here to grow. Under, under uh, the, the, the wing and the love of God, wow. I'm here to, to be developed. I'm here to face myself, to deal first with, with what I need to do, withdraw from in my own heart, and then to spend that on the community around me so that we can all be free of whatever it is that's enslaving us, that with a community of goods. We will share with those who have nothing and with an understanding of the presence of God in everyone and in all things we do become enlivened spiritually in a way nothing else can bring us. Monasteriesoftheheart.com is is the bridge from my book to the rule, from the rule to this society.
1: That is powerful stuff. I, I, we're going to have to leave it there, John. But that really is. I mean, while you were talking, I was thinking of Matthew Fox's, I'm uh, uh, sorry, um, Wayne Teasdale's notion of monk in the world. and yes. the, new, the new monasticism, these, That's c- it. these uh, things that are happening around without withdrawing from the world, but actually planting and the way you're doing it That's with it. the Internet, really planting these seeds of transformation right in the midst of a person's, yeah. like you said, heart, home and, and community.
2: And we've been at this for almost 10 years now, and every year it's getting stronger. There's somebody out there really looking for another way to live that's holy and happy and joyful and good for the rest of humanity, too.
1: Fantastic. Our guest today was Sister Joan Chittister. She's the author of Radical Spirit, 12 Ways to Live a Free and Authentic Life. An excerpt from the book appears in the May-June issue of Spirituality and Health magazine. You can learn more about Sister Joan's work at joanchittister.org and at monasteriesoftheheart.com. Sister Joan, thank you so dot much org. for... Dot org. Dot org, sorry, yep, monasteriesoftheheart.org. Thank you so much for being with us on Essential Conversations.
2: Oh, thank you, uh, Rabbi. Uh, really, this was a good conversation for us, but I'm still waiting for one more. Of our
1: own, very own. Yeah, well, thank you. That will be great. Support for this show comes from 1440 Multiversity, a state-of-the-art learning destination in the California Redwoods near Santa Cruz. 1440 offers weekend and five-day programs in mindfulness, leadership, well-being, and more. Learn more about 1440 Multiversity at 1440.org. As a side note, I will be at 1440 on August 18th through the 20th, leading a workshop on my book, The Sacred Art of Loving Kindness. I hope you can join me there. Essential Conversations with Rabbi Rami is a project of Spirituality and Health magazine. Please log into spiritualityhealth.com to subscribe to the magazine in print or digital formats and download the iTunes app for this podcast. Essential Conversations is produced by Ezra Baker, and our program coordinator and executive producer is Al Tassi. I'm Rabbi Rami. Thanks for listening.
0: Hello, I'm Dr. Stephen Farber, and I am an author, teacher, psychotherapist, and shamanic practitioner. On my podcast, Healing for Your Soul,